For the Meat Poultry Podcast, I'm Ryan McCarthy, Digital Media Associate Editor. As we start October, Meat Poultry wanted to reflect on a story we wrote for our Family Business Focus issue in September. In this podcast, I'll be reading one report from our Family Business Focus series, which Meat Poultry is partnering with the North American Meat Institute to share resources and success stories of how family businesses can survive and thrive in the meat and poultry industry. Passing it on. NAMI offers family-owned businesses the tools and resources to succeed for generations by Bob Sims. Multi-generational family businesses pepper the American and global business landscape, and especially the U.S. meat processing industry from farm to table. Some have taken their businesses public, some have opted to sell, and some remain privately owned and controlled by the families that founded them. What they all have in common are the unique challenges multi-generational family businesses face every day. Shortly after the merger of the American Meat Institute and the North American Meat Association in 2015 to form the North American Meat Institute, conversations started happening about how the newly formed NAMI and its members and their resources might help family businesses in the industry navigate the obstacles unique to them as well as strengthen the new merger of the two organizations. Starting a family. It was not too long after the merger, maybe at our first executive board meeting, and I was talking to Dave Miniot about both of us being fourth generation in multi-generational family businesses, said Eric Gustafson, chief executive officer of Coast Packing in Vernon, California, and a member of the board of directors of NAMI. Gustafson, is executive board member and co-founder of NAMI's Family Business Task Force. We talked about how great it would be to further strengthen and galvanize this merger and coming together as a group to provide value to our membership base because there's a ton of us that are family owned and operated. From that, he and I and a few others pushed it. It was just a great way to get people working together because there were some of us from the NAMA side and some of us from the AMI side kind of coming together and doing it. I think it worked really well and helped bridge some of the gaps there. Dave Miniot, CEO of Ed Miniot, explained that NAMI showed tremendous success in educating its members and preparing them for risk in areas such as food and worker safety, environmental safety, and animal welfare, just to name a few. He also noticed an area that he felt lacked the attention it deserved and needed. One of the biggest threats that we have as family businesses is the dysfunctional family or a business that can implode because of a lack of best practices needed to survive, many had said. So it became obvious to me that there was something there that we really needed to address. I've seen throughout my 20-year tenure with the Meat Institute, family businesses being bought by large corporations or going public. And many times that's because of family dynamics and other issues that happen when you are running a family business and also managing a family. Challenges. Family owned and operated businesses present specific issues and with greater success and age, 
these issues can multiply or become magnified. Families and businesses differ greatly in the challenges they face and how they deal with those challenges will also differ. However, some core issues exist for all family-owned businesses. Gustafson noted succession planning, conflict resolution, and the need for open, honest, and respectful dialogue. Those can be challenging things though, he said, especially if you have an old guard that thinks of things one way and a new guard that's trying to usher in a new generation of leadership. You've got to work through some of those challenges and how to communicate them. Miniot drilled deeper into the dynamic of multi-generational family businesses and how challenges evolve with success and age. As a business grows over years and generations, so does the family that owns and operates that business. A business's executive staff and number of employees increase along with the number of family members with interest in the business. Over time and generations, this increase complicates the dynamic with the business and the family, especially in terms of a succession plan. When the prior generations took over, the business was much smaller than it was 30 years down the road, many it said. So how do you prepare those kids and people? Do you prepare them internally? Do you prepare them externally? Do you send them to work at another company for a few years so they get outside experience? Those are questions and policies that are probably going to be appropriate. So where do you start with that? How do you create a policy and how does that affect your own kids and nephews or nieces? Do you treat them differently? There's all kinds of questions that come up and if you do it wrong, you might have one child that's mad at you because you chose the other. You might have a sister that's mad because you didn't choose her son to run the company. There are real logical potential problems. Those are just examples of succession. The complexity of succession represents a small fraction of obstacles a multi-generational family-owned business needs to overcome. Dividend distribution and education for family members with careers outside the business have the potential for issues as well. The complicated nature of governance presents its own set of difficult choices. Miniot put forth a set of questions just off the top of his head. When do I need to create a board of directors? When do I need to create an outside board of directors that are not family? How do I find them? How do I pay them? What roles do they play? What form of governance? Should it be an advisory board? A fiduciary board? Solutions. Gustafson emphasized open communication and putting the success of the business first when addressing issues across generations and differing visions of the future. And while every company will deal with the problem that arises in its own unique way, having certain vehicles and strategies for useful communication and conflict resolution in place will help. Some people like to hire third-party mediators or consultants to help be a buffer, and sometimes you just have to walk away, he said. Sometimes people just can't get past the emotion or whatever the situation may be, so you've just got to walk away from the table and come back when cooler heads prevail. Also, too... When you create a structure, whether it's a board level or a governance level or an advisory board level, if there are rules of engagement agreed to up front and then deviate, you refer back to those as a working document. A lot of families will do that. They'll have those rules of engagement working documents that govern and provide a roadmap for how to deal with some of these conflicts. Miniot cited his top three resources that the task force suggests family businesses utilize. 
These programs offered by top university business schools and an international peer group provided family-owned multi-generational businesses with the education and tools they need to survive and thrive in today's business climate. The Loyola Family Business Center is a member of the Loyola Business Leadership Hub within Loyola University Chicago Quinlan School of Business. The Family Business Center provides a confidential sounding board through peer advisory groups made up of business-owning families, as well as educational opportunities and events held by the center. Northwestern University's Kellogg School of Management provides family businesses executive programs including interactive lectures, case studies, and group discussions with peers facing family business challenges similar to yours. They cover subjects such as general business management, finance and accounting, governance, growth and innovation, leadership, marketing and sales, operations and technology, and strategy. The Family Business Network provides the means to build more sustainable businesses into the future through a sales-free global community with events and safe spaces for peers to learn from, share with, and inspire one another in a variety of formal and informal settings. NAMI and the task force also work closely with the Family Business Consulting Group based in Chicago. Consultants from the firm are frequent speakers and presenters at NAMI-sponsored events and trusted sources for Meat Poultry, and its family business focus features stories and podcasts like this. If you'd like more information about these resources, they will be provided in the show notes. Make sure to check out the latest stories from the magazine and online at meatpoultry.com. Also follow us on social media on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram, all by searching at Meat Poultry. And if you like what you heard, please leave a rating and review. It really helps us. All right, that's it for this time, folks. Thanks for listening and have a great day.